0: Hello everybody, welcome once again as we continue on in the uh, study that we're doing of the New Testament. We're working through the New Testament a chapter at a time, pretty much a chapter at a time. And uh, we're well in now, three years and change into what I think should take five years um, to get us through the New Testament. And then we're going to gear up and... and uh, Take 15 years after that and go through the Old Testament so you have a plan. And I'm pretty sure at the end of that 15 years, we'll still be serving the same pasta. And uh, (laughs) because it works. So uh, that'll be happening. Not the same pasta from like this week, but you know what I mean. It's the never-ending pasta. Oh, well, that would be miraculous and probably very biblical proportion if you could just keep opening that lid and there's pasta in there and it never goes. That would be very cool. Uh, but that's a whole other story. And, and uh, we're not doing that, that's right. The pasta miracle on Big Pine Key. <laughs> okay, so uh, we, uh, we're working through together. Um, we, we did the gospels together. And then we did the book of Acts, and we came out of the book of Acts having talked about the missionary journeys, and we decided that we would start to work through Paul's letters, um, more or less in the order that we believe he wrote them, the... uh Hopefully, what helps in that is, is having understood from the missionary journeys what Paul was up to as he planted churches, um, knowing that, you know, on his journeys, often he would get run out of town after a very short period of time. Um, you know, sometimes it was almost immediately. Sometimes he'd have two or three months. Longest spot ever was three years. Uh, he, he would go, and there'd be a lot of questions. The church was brand new. They didn't know how things were supposed to go. It was a whole brand new thing, and they would get, ask Paul for advice. They would send him letters, or groups would go and find him, and he would write these letters back to answer their questions. Uh, they have very similar problems that we have today, so the letters are still very helpful for us today, um, all the letters that Paul wrote, but there's something important about hanging onto them in context as you, as you read through the letters together. Um, we're in the book of Romans. Romans was actually um, one of the few churches or the church that Paul writes to that he didn't actually start, um, but he obviously has been asked for some input on the church in Rome, and so uh, the letter to the Romans is, is really um, filled with a, uh, with, a, uh, with a great sort of systematic theology of Christianity, if you would, and uh, it's a very helpful book to read. So we've been working through it a chapter at a time, dealing with the um, subjects that have popped up, and uh, which are many and varied. And now we're moving into Romans 12, which is really uh, sort of gonna talk about interpersonal relationships, uh, in the body of Christ, how we're to treat and relate uh, one another in the body of Christ and then in the world around us. And it actually starts with a very familiar verse, um, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your uh, bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. And we'll, we'll be talking about that in a moment. And, and the reality is that you really can't relate to others the way that you're supposed to uh, until you've um, really gotten yourself and your connection to the Lord where it needs to be as well. And so it, it sort of starts with that in the process um, that we're going to look at today. So let's uh, go ahead and read Romans 12, 21 verses. I'm going to read out of the NIV. You can read along in your Bibles, whatever translation you have, or there's Bibles in the rows, or if you picked up a bullet and it's in there. But let's, uh, let's look at Romans 12, verses 1 through 21. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, Let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless, and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So, quite a lot of stuff happening in Romans uh, 12, but let's, let's tackle a few of the ideas together those first few verses there, the first two anyway I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God this is your spiritual act of worship don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will so we need to have our uh, we need to have our minds transformed uh, and uh, and part of this is is realizing that it's very uh, we all um, we're bombarded by so much uh, information uh, and a lot of it n- not very useful information from our culture um, and from the things around us that we we often lose sight of what really matters or what's important and and uh, culturally. Um, because, you know, our society has sort of um, uh, pushed away God to some level where they could. I mean, in this country, there's still most people say they believe in God, but we've been secularized. I'll talk about that. They pushed us off into the weekend. Um, most of what comes out as culturally has nothing to do with the things of God. Um, and um, it's, it's about other, other stuff and other issues. And it seems like that they're the most important issues if you're just constantly bombarded with those things. And so um, if we just take in what's coming at us from the culture, um, then, you know, the, whatever the latest news thing is, that becomes the top of our list. And then, you know, like I said, that's always spun out of proportion and there's all sorts of things going on and everybody wants to make everybody afraid and keep them tuned in and, and, and you know, just make a big deal out of everything. And, and we'll get consumed by it. And, and we, we'll start to think that, you know, this is, all this is the most important stuff, and it really takes us away from the life that God calls us to. So what we need to do is get our focus back on the kingdom of God and the things of God. We don't want to be conformed to the pattern of the world. We want to be changed by the renewing of our minds. And so for, for a lot of us, we, we sort of got to have our minds changed because there's, um, there's some stuff in there that's probably not as good as it could be. And so it needs to be changed. I'm still, I still process old tapes. I find every once in a while I'll have a thought about something and I'll think, you know, I don't know if I've ever really thought about that. Um, that's been in there for so long, maybe I should challenge some of those ideas. And I, I still find myself doing that. Things that have been in there from, like, you know, when I was a kid, which is a long time ago now, um, that, that, you know, don't come up. And then I wonder, well, why, you know, is that really how I should think about that? And have I, you know, processed that through with God on... on What he feels about that, and and need to look at that. See, that's a constant thing. I believe that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We we need to start thinking God's way, and uh, really, how that um, the process happens with that is that um, our our mind is renewed by the Word of God, the Sword of the Spirit. We we need to spend far more time, and I talk about this all the time, uh, studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God. making it a part of your life. So if I sound like a broken record, that's pretty much all I know. Live by trying to do the next right thing and read more of the Bible (laughs) and and go out and encourage people and and, uh, all of that sort of works around and and helps you love God more because that's what needs to be happening. See, it's changing our focus, changing the way that we do things. So let me, um, you know, just encourage you again, if you're not um, spending time in a regular sort of reading routine, let me encourage you to do it. And again, whatever that looks like, um, pick a proverb of the day and read that. that that's if that's all you. That, that's a great start. Um, start reading through the Psalms. I, I love the Psalms. We, we, I wanna encourage you to read them more and more often. Read some of those. Pick a chapter of scripture. Uh, start in the New Testament. Um, if you can read through the whole New Testament very quickly, three chapters a day, five minutes. Um, Pick something that you'll, you'll start to do and do it. And, and do it in chunks that you can handle. See, you know, it's like anything else if you're, if you're not doing it. You, um, when you incorporate a new discipline, if you say, you know, okay, I'm going to start reading the Bible. And today I'm going to sit down and read all 28 chapters of the book of Matthew. You might do it, but you're not going to come back to it the next day. You know what I mean? I, very, very, you're like, it's like going to the gym and overdoing it. Then you don't get back there the next day. If you, if you do too much that you hurt yourself, you don't go back. So start somewhere and then build up to it. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it just, it changes your focus. There's something about a consistent reading of the Bible that's life-changing. And it, I, I would tell you this, that that process, hanging out with God and, and spending some time reading the Bible, will change, it will impact every area of your life. It will impact every other area that you're, you're struggling with. If you'll get, if you'll start to work on that, it just does. It's the, it's the power of God. It starts to change the way that you process life and information. Um, the scripture in Hebrews 4.12 says, I know it's not your notes, but it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The, the Bible, when we, when we consistently read it, reveals stuff to it. It's living and active. See, that's why it's important. And, and I don't, you can read it over and over again, and because it's living and active and the Holy Spirit speaks through it to us, um, you can read the same stuff all the time and you get something different from it all the time. I make it my regular habit to read through the entire book of Psalms every month. Um, and they, they speak to me differently every time I read them. Um, uh, and really, it really doesn't take very long. It's, it's, it's not much reading. I, you know, I've, I've done some studies on some of the ancient monks and stuff. At some point... They, that's what they did in the monasteries. Read. They would read through the Psalms every day, 150 a day. So by the time the fifth or sixth century gets around, there's a Benedictine, Saint Benedict. Um, he he says, um, look, we're going to read them every two weeks, and uh, that's really embarrassing because you know the guys ahead of us used to do this every day. So let's not act like that's a big deal. Um, <laughs> the uh, it, it wouldn't be unusual in church history for people that were going to be leaders in the church to know by memory all 150 psalms and be able to recite them How about that you know in Jewish history the the they taught the because they didn't have copies of this stuff they had to learn it guys who felt a calling into uh, the priesthood would would absolutely have to learn as young people the first five chapters the uh, first five books of the Bible know them the first five Genesis Exodus Leviticus numbers in Deuteronomy um, and if they didn't uh they that they, they couldn't go further but but scores of young people knew those and then they were trained and then they went on and learned from there can you imagine we can't even fathom that anymore um so uh, I want to encourage you though that that life is found in developing a consistent ongoing reading of the scripture so start somewhere so not, so when I say you get a chapter a day it should you know it, it, we should be able to handle that um so spend time in his word, and you'll find that it changes your life. Okay, and that, that really needs to be happening for us to relate to other people the way that we're supposed to, uh, and uh, that we're, we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds, seeking after God's will by spending time and hanging out with him every day. As we do that, then there's other things we have to do, and Romans 12, 3 through 8 sort of talks about our mutual ministry with one another. Romans 12, 5 in particular says, So in Christ... We who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So the church, um, one of the focuses of the church is that we, we all are, are gifted by the Spirit, and when we come together, God can accomplish the things that he needs to accomplish in us. So your gifts, your talents, your time, your prayers, all those things are a very important part of the church. You absolutely matter, and you make a difference in the life of the church. And so it, we need to safeguard our time together and make sure that it stays a priority. You guys are all here, so uh, you know the, the message probably isn't that important to you at this time, but let me tell you, good job, glad you're here. Um, and you know, sometimes we just, uh, and, it's, uh, and no guilt trip, sometimes we just don't feel like it, and that's okay. Um, but we gotta be careful that we don't uh, continually um, go with that and then um, start not getting Together with the church, um, because we need one another. That, and there's no perfect church. There's always going to be conflict that goes in the church. It's part of the church. Um, but but uh, we need each other. We we need uh, the church needs you, uh, and you need the church. And so we need uh, each other as we come together. And so um, uh, you know, so it's, I said this yesterday. Sometimes it's it's not all about me. Um, sometimes we go because we're needed. We're part of the body of Christ. But it is some about us. And um, I say that all the time. And, and one of the things that happens, it's just sometimes I talk to people and, and uh, you probably don't have this happen to you, but uh, if I'm out sometime and so I see someone who was coming to church for a long time and then all of a sudden they're not coming very often anymore, I haven't seen them for a while, they have to come and tell me you know, immediately why. And, uh, and I, don't, I never go up to someone ever. Hey, why aren't you in church? Um, it's just not appropriate, you know what I mean? I, I want to say hi. And, and, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I haven't been there. This happened, this happened, this happened. And then um, ultimately what's happened is they get out of the habit. And, and uh, I'm pretty confident if, you, if you'll roll through and miss two or three Sundays, you'll have a really hard time getting back. It's fascinating how that happens for some people. They just, once they sort of pop out of the routine, they get out of it. But, uh, but we need one another and um and and so you know don't let that happen you you need you need to come the church needs you you need the church and, and uh you know I, I know people in church can be difficult sometimes just like you and and, uh, and me and uh uh but here i got a little illustration i think you'll like this um I, I thought about this some time ago i think i shared it once but here's the deal with the church um when, when you're in trouble, uh, and, and I wanna use an illustration about um, uh, our friends in law enforcement, okay? So let's say there's a, there's a law enforcement officer. When you're in trouble or in need of assistance or something, uh, is, someone is messing with you and a law enforcement officer arrives on the scene, it's a good thing, right? You're happy to see them. Um, they're gonna help you, they're a hero, yay. But if you're doing something that maybe you shouldn't be doing, you may not be excited to see that very same law enforcement officer, right? isn't that funny how how just based on what you're doing has a huge impact on how you feel about seeing a a particular person or situation and so um the law enforcement officer didn't change what we were doing changed right and it and it had everything to do with how we felt about that situation everybody with me see that the church is a lot like that um if we're living by doing the next right thing, then then the church is a, it's a really good thing. It's there to help us, encourage us, pray for us, bless us. But if we if we're moving in a direction that's not good for us, suddenly the very same church can seem to be very critical and mean spirited and judgmental and and uh, you know up in my business. And so that's why I'm not going there anymore. But a lot of times you have got to check on the direction you're moving uh, in the process. And so it's just a good gauge to see where we're at. Um, and and. To know and to remember the church needs you. Um, and you need the church. We need each other. Fascinating really, isn't it? That, that's the way God put it together. We need each other. We need to hold each other to account. We need to encourage each other. We need to pray for one another. We need to know what's going on. And, uh, and we need the gifts that we bring into the process. Um, in verses 9 through 21, uh, it, it goes on and continues to talk about how we're to treat people. And um, we always need to treat people like they matter because they do. People matter to God, so people need to matter to us. Romans 12:9 through 10, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. So, you know, great question, how do you treat people? Um, the people that are around you, are they just part of the machinery and scenery of your life? Or do you see them as people that God loves extravagantly? I, I, we talk about that from time to time. But we have to be careful of the attitude that the people that we uh, are around us all of a sudden are just there to make our lives work because that's not why they're there. Um, th- you know, God loves people. And and uh, we're to love people as well. We're to take time to get to know people. We're to... We're to um, uh, Ask uh, questions so we can learn about people. We're to, we're to fellowship where we can. Um, and, and, you know, uh, again, just a piece of advice around people. You can sort of tell how you're dealing with people based on, on what your frustration level's like. If, if your frustration level's high, you're, you're probably um, getting some expectations in there that, that really aren't so much about them but more about you. And uh, so sometimes we just need to take a deep breath. And refocus in the process. Be, let your gentleness, the, the scripture says, be evident to all. The Lord is near. Um, Paul goes on and also talks about being forgiving. Um, in Romans twelve nineteen, he says, Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It's mine to revenge, I will repay, repay says the Lord. Um, sometimes, vengeance is a crazy thing. Uh, we, we will go to great lengths sometimes to get even with someone if we feel wronged. do you know what I'm talking about have you ever had yourself go uh, and do something completely out of character because you feel wronged and you want some sort of even and and uh, it, it will take people in in really crazy directions um, uh, make them think of doing things that they never normally would think about because they're just so just want to get even and again culturally we, we're sort of bombarded with that whole even mentality Well, if you do this, I'm going to do that. If you, you know, that's how it's going to work. And there's no life to be found in that. So we need to be people that forgive in the process. Um, And I talk about forgiveness. So when someone's wronged you, you need to forgive them because God tells us to. That doesn't mean that you have to immediately trust them again. And that, that will make a huge difference. Sometimes we don't forgive people because we think if we forgive them, they're just going to hurt us all over again because we, we with a forgiveness, we immediately allow them whatever um, room they had before in our lives. Um, until someone demonstrates repentance, uh, you don't have to trust them again. It just says you have to forgive them. Um, sometimes some people, really, if you, if you keep allowing them to, will just continue to wrong you over and over again. And that's not what we're, we're talking about we're talking about someone that wrongs you who's, who sincerely wants to repent that, that uh, we can begin to trust them again. But um, regardless we're still to forgive so that we don't remain bitter. That's what happens when we hold unforgiveness. If we think it's ours to get even instead of God's, we end up being very, very bitter in the process. And a lot, you know bitterness, um, if 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 you know someone that's bitter it's usually there you can you can work them back to a point of being completely you know wronged by someone and refusing to forgive them and uh, you don't want to do that so remember the difference is the uh, forgiveness means i'm going to quit holding on to it and my perceived right to get even and let god deal with it he's way better at it than i am anyway um way better go on, if you ever read um Uh, how how God exacts vengeance. (laughs) You'd be pretty impressed. Um, (laughs) Just, you you don't want to read it. Not good. He thinks about stuff. Anyway, um, you know, and we talked about this too um, just the other day in, in relationships. How about if someone's trying to push your buttons? How do you react? And, uh, and, and again, this is, you know, a little different than extending forgiveness. It's, it's um, the way that you overcome that kind of thing is by, by not being reactive to it. Try and be proactive against it in the process. And uh, if someone's putting you down, you know, just try and take the high road and encourage them. Um, try and be nice to them. Don't retaliate. Some people just would, would, they would love to get you in a, in that spot where they push your buttons and you start to push back. And they thrive on it. And you, you, it makes you miserable, but they're thriving on it. They, that's what Their whole intention was to see if they get you heated up a little bit. Just for whatever weird reason they got. So don't let them. Um, uh, you know, I said this the other day. It's worth repeating. You can't control things that happen to you. You can't control things that people say about you. You can't control the events or the persecutions or the hassles you get in this life. But you can absolutely choose. Uh, you can control how to choose, uh, how you choose to react. And so we need to respond in, in loving people and praying for people. And all these are, are, are ideas that Paul is going through here in the way that we relate. None of it really even begins to be possible until we work on our connection with God and, and make sure that we're, we're taking time to really connect with him on a regular basis. So, uh, you know, let me encourage you again. If you're not, if you don't have some sort of settled in your, um, in your life way of connecting with god work on something start somewhere it will it will change everything in your life it will change absolutely everything in your life if you'll do it it's just one of those things so work on that Um, if you're watching my video or on television thank you so much for spending time with us and we appreciate you doing that we'll be back up here soon come and visit us if you can you can email us if you need prayer and we'll be happy to pray for you. Uh, just go to the website at keysvineyard.com and go to the prayer page or the contact page, and we'll we'll get it and we'll pray for you. Okay.